The following program is not intended for children under 13, even though 13 is the spookiest of numbers. It contains coarse language, mature content, stories about ghosts, it's kind of spooky, and also I am not responsible for the things that come out of my wife's mouth. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to another episode of Spooky Stories. Ooh, I'm your ghost co-host, Matt McComb, the kooky one. And I'm the spooky one, Kaya, and today we are going to be doing something a little different again, where we aren't going to talk so much about a location, but we are going to talk about some spooky things that happened with a particular person. Which person is this? Uh, William Lyon Mackenzie King. That was a prime minister. He was. What else do you know about William Lyon Mackenzie King? I've got lots of things to tell you about William Lyon Mackenzie King. Can we talk about just facts about him instead of spooky things? No, because the spooky is the fun part. Can we talk about Canada's first female prime minister, Kim Campbell? No. Oh, okay. Just tell me about the spooky things. All right. So, William Lyon Mackenzie King was born December 17th, 1874 in Berlin, Ontario, which is now known as Kitchener. I had no idea Ontario had a city named Berlin. It doesn't anymore. It's now called Kitchener. Yeah. I feel like that happened after World War II. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like you happened. might be right. Um, so William Lyon Mackenzie King was a Sagittarius, which probably explains <laughs> some of the weird shit that he was into as we go through this story. What was his favorite color, though? Because that seems just as relevant. Right? I couldn't actually find... I did actually try to, like, look up and see what his favorite color was. What? Why? Because I thought that it'd be a fun fact, but um, (laughs) I couldn't find it, and it was disappointing. Favorite Colors of Famous People is a great name for a dumb website that people would love to visit. Right? Mm -hmm. I think that'd be great. Someone should make that. Mm -hmm. Favorite Colors of Famous People. Um, Anyways, so his grandfather... William Lyon Mackenzie was the first mayor of Toronto and was the leader of the Upper Canada Revolution in 1837. Okay, hold on. His name is William Lyon Mackenzie King. Correct. His dad's name is William Lyon Mackenzie? Uh, no. His grandfather was William Lyon Mackenzie. Where did the king come from? His father. His grandfather on his mother's side. Got you. Do they have a hyphenated name? No, that was just... He was named after his grandfather, and then King was his last name because that was his dad's last name. Was William Lyon Mackenzie his own grandpa? What? (laughs) I don't know. Go ahead. Anyways, um, so although his parents weren't wealthy, they spent lots of money on tutors that they couldn't afford to teach King politics, science, math, English, and French. Wait, why would you call him King? That's his last name. I'm going to call him King because it's shorter than having to say William Lyon Mackenzie King the whole time. Wumka. That's his... Wumka. Wumka. Anyways, I'm going to call him King because that's how I referred to him in all my notes. I bet you his friends called him King, too. Maybe. Because that's way better than William Lyon Mackenzie. It's very possible. When you add King to your last name, I feel like you get a lot more respect. Makes you sound regal. Matt McComb King. Yeah. Nah, that sounds kind of like a, like a... Burger at McDonald's. Kind of. 
So King earned five university degrees. That's way too many. That's a lot. Three from the University of Toronto, one from Osgoode Hall Law School, and one from Harvard. Okay, so your parents are like, we can't afford a tutor for you, William. No, But we're going to provide you with so many tutors. And then he's like, oh, well, I know how to pay you back. Let's do five degrees and you guys can pay for all that debt. So I think he probably, because he was like, he was very smart, like a very smart man. Uh, He probably had like a lot of scholarships and things to help him. Does he have a musical written after him? No. Oh, well then I don't think he was that smart. Anyways. (laughs) um, So King was a member and officer of the Kappa Alpha Society. (gasps) I know them. There you go. They're a literary society, which thinks that they're a fraternity, but they're not. Uh, So it included many prominent individuals during his time, including two future Ontario Supreme Court justices and the future chairman of the University of Toronto. Wow. Yeah. All my fraternity has is that guy who played the dad on Glee for the gay kid. What? You didn't even tell me about that. I've told you that so many times. He's like the only notable one besides... You uh, also have someone who worked on Altered Carbon for Netflix. I know. That's like an actual recent alumni. Which is really cool. It's very cool. Yeah. Shout out to Sean McQuillan. (laughs) Uh, So King was especially concerned with issues of social welfare and played a central role in fomenting a student's strike at the U of T in 1895. Fomenting? Yeah. What the heck is fomenting? I think it's just a fancy way of saying that he helped create a student strike. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, so he was the Greta of his generation. Basically, yep. <laughs> He's uh, going to get his own HBO show soon. May, I mean, maybe if he wasn't dead. <laughs> um, he was the only prime minister to actually have earned a PhD, although he earned it for his dissertation, which was titled Oriental Immigration to Canada. In his dissertation, he argued against the immigration of Asians, saying Canada should remain a white man's country. Wow. That is a direct quote (laughs) from his dissertation that got him a PhD. William Lyon Mackenzie King. His name is William Lyon Mackenzie King. And he's a really, really racist man. In the, Just you wait. In the comments, I have, wait. it says racist AF. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so unfortunately that uh, shit kind of started going downhill there, I guess. Good thing uh, Twitter wasn't a thing back then, or right. he would never been prime minister. Oh, wait, no, that's not the <laughs> oh, case. I mean... You can be a really racist white supremacist fuck and still, and still get... still a country. <laughs> still run a country yeah. these days. So in 1900, he was appointed as deputy minister at the Canadian government's new Department of Labor and became active in policy domains from Japanese immigration to railways. So he was responsible for everything. I don't know why they put him in charge of Japanese immigration, though, because we all know that he didn't think that they should immigrate to Canada anyway. Yeah, I think that's why they put him in charge. Gosh, dang. It should remain a white man's country. Yeah. So he was first elected to Parliament as a liberal in... uh, He was a liberal? He was a liberal. Um, In a 1908 election and was appointed as the first ever Minister of Labor in 1909. He was elected leader of the Liberal Party in 1919 and became Prime Minister for the first time in 1921. So, altogether, he served as Prime Minister for 22 years 
uh, between three periods. Wow. So he was prime minister from 1921 to 1925. Can you imagine if Donald Trump ran for was Ugh, was president 22 for twenty two years. years? He's lucky he got four. Oh my god. Anyways, uh, so nineteen twenty one to nineteen twenty five, nineteen twenty six to nineteen thirty, and then nineteen thirty five to nineteen forty eight. Wow. It's twenty two years. Uh, he finally retired from politics in nineteen forty eight. So he had a good life in politics. Yeah. Many viewed him as self righteous, egotistical, petty. Vain, moralistic, paranoid, selfish, self-centered, and vindictive. Typical Sagittarius. Right? Um, <laughs> but my favorite about him was that he was also very eccentric. Okay. Which we are going to get into. So, William Lyon Mackenzie King, secret spiritualist. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Did he visit Thomas Hamilton? How about let me tell my story? Okay, okay. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just going back to the spookiverse. But if you, if you were part of the Hamilton episode, which you were, you know that he did go visit Thomas. Well, Hamilton. I can't remember every detail of the spookiverse. Anyways. Uh, so during an immediately... I'm hoping that you guys chose the spookiverse, by the way. After World War One, King lost his father, his brother, his sister, a close friend, and his mother, who he had a very close relationship with. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, Did you mean very close, very close? Like Norman Bates close? <laughs> That's actually... the. It's funny <laughs> that you reference that because, yes, and I actually have that in the columns of my notes somewhere. I mean, It as, says, Norman Bates a la psycho. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as racist as he is, his life sounds very interesting, and I would watch a musical about him. Okay, so there's a lot more interesting things that I want to tell you about, so... Okay, I? cool. I'm just commenting. <laughs> I know. I'm That's just my asking. job as the kooky I'm one. I'm just asking. We have seven pages to get through, so I'm just asking if, if you're good to let me continue. Yeah, okay, cool. Okay. Um, so, like many others during this time... Uh, he turned to mediums and fortune tellers for spiritual guidance and messages from beyond. Seems legit, right? Yeah. Uh, during... I thought he was smart. <laughs> I mean, lots... Thomas Hamilton was a doctor and still got caught up in seances for, what, 20-some years. Jeez so, like, Louise. you know? If you haven't heard the Thomas just, Hamilton episode, you need to listen to just it. Just because it's you're amazing. smart doesn't mean you don't believe in stupid shit. I mean, if this podcast has taught me anything, yep. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so during the 1920s, King, no comment. King consulted with a fortune teller from Kingston named Rachel Bellini. So she was um, she was actually a pretty famous... Inventor uh, of the Bellini. ...fortune teller in Canada. He also met with a psychical researcher named Sir Oliver Lodge. King recorded Lodge's comments on the ordering of human lives by spirit beings, along with the need to believe in mediums and sitters. So sitters are what they refer to as the public who sat in on, like readings, seances, that kind of thing. But yeah, so basically Sir Oliver Lodge told him that um, that the spirits kind of guide the living in their choices. That sounds like some Scientology bullshit. Mm, Scientology wishes that it had this cool shit. Okay, cool. Okay. So King was first introduced to seances in 1932 when he attended a seance held at the home of the widow of a Canadian senator. Mrs. Fulford. This is when he was introduced to direct voice mediumship, which was kind of a popular thing for a medium whose name was Henrietta Etta Wright. No. No way. Yeah. 
Her middle name was Etta? No, so her name was Henrietta, but they called her Etta. Okay, got yeah, you. That's Henrietta Etta, right? Yeah. So he traveled throughout the rest of the 1930s to attend seances all over, but mainly in Detroit. I don't so know. wait, was this while he was prime minister? He was attending seances? Uh, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. And kind of like in between, there was like that break in the years where he was a prime minister. So like there was five years between 1930 and 1935 where he wasn't prime minister. So some of this took place then too. And no one knew about this no while one knew he about was any prime minister. Wow. Yep. In 1933, King met Thomas G. Hamilton at his home in Winnipeg. Thomas G. Hamilton. Yep, where they discussed the Hamiltons' psychical research experiments. Uh, so if you, like you said, if you haven't listened to that, that's episode five. Um, also referred to as Hamilton 2. It's a pretty good episode. has some pretty cool things. It was the first episode that we kind of talked about spooky things that weren't a place um, and weren't, you know. What it, it was it was an epic it was but it was really an episode. an epic tale for the spoopiverse yeah um so king had been told by lady aberdeen the wife of late governor general lord aberdeen that she had received evidence through automatic writing of the continued existence of her recently deceased husband okay so um if you don't know what automatic writing is it's writing that's done typically by a medium who's in a disassociated state of consciousness uh, that is attributed to messages being delivered from spirits of the dead. Kind of like when you got really high and your grandpa spoke for you by okay. writing? That was like a legit experience, okay? Like, that was not my writing in that notebook and I've kept that notebook to this day. Anyways. You did. So, King was like, oh, cool, Lord Aberdeen's still kicking around. Like, he may be dead but he's not gone. So he then contacted Lord Aberdeen himself through table wrappings. And we talked about that. Um, yeah. That's where you try to contact spirits and one rap for yes, two for no. or. What anyways. if the spirit got it mixed up? I mean, they're not all super smart. No, And but he was like, it's like, are, are you alive? And he's like. I feel like a spirit could tell you what not to do because... You know, they did some shit that got them killed. So, like... Yeah, it's true. Know. I'm just saying, like, what if they mixed up the rap whoopsie. pattern? Yeah, whoopsie. Whoopsie. Uh, so, King and his close friend, Joan Patterson, took up the practice of table rapping back in Ottawa and claimed to receive frequent messages from King's mother, his brother, Max, and also former Prime Minister Sir Wilfrid Laurier. <laughs> okay. Yep. Um, in the 1940s, King was in constant contact with many mediums in England, including Lillian Bailey, Hester Dowden, Geraldine Cummins, and Gladys Osborne Leonard, who was actually one of the world's greatest mediums. Okay. Yep. In addition to his attempts at spirit communication, he was also interested in other occult aspects, such as dream interpretations numerology, and tea leaf readings. See, I told you Cap Alpha was full of shit. <laughs> right? Um, now, I think dream interpretations are really cool. I try to interpret our dreams all the time. I've never really played around with numerology, but I would definitely be down for trying some tea leaf readings. Yeah. Can you yeah. please tell me why I keep dreaming that I'm still in school and that I missed my final exam, <laughs> like, all the time? <laughs> it's been 10 years since I graduated. Why am I still worried about final exams? Not sure. I wake up and I go, it's been 10 years, Matt. Like, you need to let it go. 
Did you skip a final exam? No, I never skipped any final exams. Then I, don't know. I always studied like a mother. I don't know. Um, so King kept his spiritualist beliefs a secret until after his death. Only his closest friends and colleagues knew how involved he was in the occult. So people like Joan Patterson, who we talked about. Um, there's a couple other people who knew, but for the most part, he didn't really share that he was into spiritualism and the occult, probably because he was a prime minister. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that probably would reflect badly on mm-hmm. someone running our government. I feel like people wouldn't give a shit now. <laughs> like, they'd be like, oh, you're in the occult? Cool. Like, I don't think. Anyways, back in the 1920s, 30s, and 40s, it was probably a bigger deal than it would be now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so after his death, his activities became public knowledge thanks to Britain's Psychic News. Um, it was then picked up by Maclean's Magazine, as well as various Canadian newspapers. They began to speculate how much spirit messages may have influenced his political decisions. <laughs> yeah. Them damn spirits said that the Chinese shouldn't be here. I mean, like, he was apparently talking to Sir Wilfred Laurier, so, like... <laughs> what a stupid thing to say. It's like... I talked to the previous Prime Minister, and he said that we should do this. Yeah, worked out real well for him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So King kept personal diaries in which he wrote or dictated an entry nearly every day for 57 years. These entries discussed how he sought political advice from his dog, the dead, (laughs) and other strange places. I think dogs should vote. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Man, writing a diary entry every day for 57 years must have been exhausting. You know, and I would say it's it's mentally good for you. It's therapeutic. But obviously, it wasn't working for his ass. Like, I tried writing a diary entry, and I got tired after 57 <laughs> seconds. Like, this person did it for 57 years. I don't know. I think those were more, like, mad writings. And he was, Maybe. like, talking about Cthulhu and stuff like that. If you're, You say your dog gave you political advice. Yep, apparently. Um, which we will talk about. We'll I'm just... surprised that dogs can't vote in Canada ever since. <laughs> We're going to discuss the, the dog advice a little bit more in a minute here. <laughs> uh, so King had many peculiarities while he was governing our country. He never married, which was kind of frowned upon at that time. He had few close personal friends, so he was a bit of a loner. I wonder why he never got married and didn't have very many friends. It sounds like he was a stand-up gentleman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also had a very dependent relationship with his mother, both when she was alive and when she was dead. Oh, there it is. Yep. Now, his closest companions were his three Irish terriers. Not all at the same time. So, like, he had one, it died, he had one, it died, he had one, it died. He had three. Um, he took advice from all three of them, alive yeah. and dead. He named each one of them Pat. <laughs> <laughs> so, three Irish terriers named Pat. <laughs> yeah. Um... So King would often talk and read news political stories to his dogs um, and saw meanings in whether or not they wagged their tails at certain news. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. That's like when we (laughs) hold up our hands. To Foxy. (laughs) To Foxy with, like, a treat in one hand and a treat in the other. And we go, should we go to the store or stay in the house? And, like, and we let her decide. The one with the like treat. a flip of a coin. Yeah. She'll, like, scratch at your one hand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We're not stupid. Yeah. Um, so that's nothing compares to, you know, 
thinking your dogs can tell you what decision to make when it came to, like, political choices. We kept this guy for 22 years. 22 years, and nobody knew a fucking thing. Oh, my God. Um, Is Trump doing this? Because if so, I need to know. Explain so Does he much. have a dog? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, he does have a pet, but <laughs> she's not a dog by any means. Well, are you talking about Jared Kushner? <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is not a political okay, podcast, anyways. but seriously, this is uh, hilarious. So yeah, uh, even when they died, he claimed, this is a direct quote from William Lyon Mackenzie King, Prime Minister of Canada for 22 years. We shall all be together in the beyond. Of that, I am perfectly sure. Look at that. So he's going to connect with his dead dogs when he dies. That's a nice sentiment. Actually, you know what? To be fair, I love my dogs. So you know what? Good for you. I hope you do get to see them. Hopefully. I hope they give you more political advice on how to run (laughs) heaven. I don't think you went to heaven, though. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Um... So King also wrote about interpreting formations in his shaving cream and tea leaves. So not just tea leaves, but his shaving cream as well. Like... (laughs) (laughs) He was so fucking out there. (laughs) Yes. Oh my god. Thomas G. Hamilton must have looked at this guy and went... Wow. What a whack You ran job? this country for the last 15 years? I mean, I take pictures and then Photoshop them with little faces on them, but you are fucking wild, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. He even interpreted a formation of leaves in his tea one morning as a sign of liberal victory in a 1934 provincial election, which actually ended up happening. This just in. Mackenzie King sees that their liberal victory will happen in his tea leaves. <laughs> yeah. It's a great day for Canada and therefore the world. Yeah. Um, when dealing with a troubling situation in 1945 that involved a Russian spy ring, King consulted his dead brother Max and the late President Franklin Roosevelt for advice. Also, like, his role models, like, I have questions about his role models. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sir Wilfred so Laurier, Franklin Roosevelt, like, his dead mom. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I have so many questions. Five degrees. We gave this man five degrees. Five university degrees. <laughs> and we America, even, that Harvard one, that's on you. We even let him be racist as fuck and still get a PhD, so I don't know. Anyways. I mean, that was much more acceptable back oh, then, but talking this, to your dogs sure ain't wasn't. This one's my favorite. I didn't even expand on this because, like, I just couldn't. Um, but he also claimed during his times with seances, table wrappings, to also receive advice from Leonardo da Vinci. <laughs> <laughs> was he a painter? Did he invent? No. None of that. Oh, my god! But gosh. apparently, whatever Leonardo had to tell him was important. And that's why we invested a lot more in the arts back then. Yeah. Um, whenever something major happened in King's life, he would check the hands on a clock. He believed that when the hands were in certain positions, those in the afterlife were watching over him. 
Okay. Which I think is like a form of numerology. Like The eyes in my head just rolled back so far that my head actually rolled back <laughs> in the chair. There are many stories that display King's devotion to his mother, including many stories of him speaking to her from beyond and the pseudo-shrine he established for her. I knew there was going to be a shrine. In Laurier House. So where he lived while he was a prime minister, he had like a shrine. Is that the same house that mother. Trudeau lives in now? I'm not sure, but maybe. <laughs> Mm. I hope they did some renovations. Someone called Justin to tell him that place is haunted as <laughs> shit. Uh, just so you know, William Lyon Mackenzie King's mom, she's probably hanging out there. Probably. Yeah, maybe don't want to. Probably telling her son to just, like, yeah. piss off. This was around the time where psychiatrists were radically changing uh, what to make of some mother-son relationships. And the article that I was reading also referenced the Oedipus complex. Oedipus. Oedipus, however you say it. Um, so again, very like Norman Batesy. Ooh. Not even like psycho, more like Norman Bates in like Bates Motel. I bet he murdered a bunch of people, like no question about it. I mean, and then like just had friends in high places. I mean, when you're a, a spiritualist and meddling in the occult, I don't think it's called murder. I think it's called sacrifice. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> um, one of King's closest friends, Violet Markham. Even blamed King's mother love, mother love, yeah, for him refusing to marry and have children. Yeah. Basically, he was so obsessed with his mom, that's why he refused to get married and have children. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, What was his relationship like with his dad? His dad died very early, so he didn't really have one. That's what we have all this to say for. He needed a man to point the way. Like, his dad and his brother died, so he literally... How come he never tried to talk to his dad from beyond the grave? Maybe maybe dad had nothing good to say. Like, his mom and his brother (laughs) had all the information. Maybe his dad was telling him all the the shit that he was doing wrong. He's like, son, seriously. Like, I know I died when you were three, but you can't read how the liberals are going to win... Based on your damn shaving cream. Or your tea leaves. Like, go get a job. Like, learn about the world. Yeah. Uh, so, William Lyon Mackenzie King died on July 22nd, 1950. So sad. Yeah, so it was in the 50s where, like, his diaries were... His diaries, I think, were actually, like... Most of them were destroyed, so there's very few that have been found to, like, talk about his stuff. Destroyed by who? Um. Like, the occult? The ghosts? Not sure. His mom? His dead mom? Maybe himself before he died. Like, maybe he knew he was going to die. And he's like, I need to destroy all evidence. But he only destroyed, like, four out of five of them. I just need to destroy evidence of me being this psycho. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Some historians have interpreted passages of his diaries suggesting that King never married because he may have been in love with Lord Tweedsmuir, who King had appointed as the governor general in 1935. So now we think he's gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but I mean, like, he was a spiritualist into the occult, so he had to be gay, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Many scoff at King's belief in spiritualism, numerology, and tea leaf readings, but his reliance on them seemed to have provided him with all the advice he needed to help Canada out of the Depression and through the World War. Yep. Um, Believe it or not, so 22 years prime minister... Um, 1950s, 1960s, all this crazy shit's coming out about him. But in 1999, he was still ranked as the greatest Canadian prime minister by a survey of Canadian historians. 
Wow. Yeah. Crazy, right? Wow. So that's what we need in Canada is just more spiritualists who talk to dogs and... Basically. Read. Yep. Read liberal victories. Now I know what Trudeau is doing wrong. <laughs> Trudeau, if you're listening to this, I think it's very important that you just, just shut up for a minute. And go talk to William Lyon Mackenzie King's mom. No. <laughs> talk to your dog. And find out exactly what he wants you just, us to do. You just read those reports to your dog, and depending on the tail wag, it'll give you the, all the answers. If it's wagging to the left a little bit, that means that the liberals need to just kind of change their thing. If it's wagging to the right a little bit, that means the conservatives need to kind of adjust course a little bit. And then you will be able to run this country for 22 years like nobody ever has. Are our prime ministers even allowed to be in office that long? Like, I thought you were only allowed no. to serve two terms now. You are only allowed to serve two terms. Yeah. But maybe if they listen to their dogs, they'd find a way to do it better. Maybe. We should all listen to our dogs better. Uh, so, that's all I have. Speedy recap? Speedy recap. Okay, speedy recap. So, we travel to Berlin, Ontario, now known as Kitchener. Probably changed after the World War. And we learned about William Lyon Mackenzie King, the longest standing prime minister in Canada who served a healthy 22 years. We learned that he somehow managed to earn five degrees, even being cray-cray, and also got his PhD on the back of racism. Maybe he thinks that you're cray-cray, okay? Maybe. Uh, we discover that he was in two seances. He got to hang out with Thomas G. Hamilton, one of our favorite uh, psychic researchers. He sought the help of fortune tellers, mediums, and his dead mom and brother. He also requested advice from his dogs in the form of tail wags and from dead presidents and prime ministers in the form of table wrappings. He died in 1950, and after he died, his diaries that he kept for 57 years, I don't know how he managed to do it, uh, were released, and that's how people found out that he was into weird shit like spiritualism and the occult. Uh, he may have also been gay. I don't know. That seems to be something. And despite all this, he was still ranked as the greatest Canadian prime minister by a survey of Canadian historians in 1999. So, based on everything I told you today... Do you believe in the occult? Do you think we can communicate with the dead? Uh, and do you believe King used his communication to make tough political decisions? I 100% believe that he used his communication to make tough political decisions. <laughs> but I guess it's it was just like flip of the coin and he just got lucky every time. <laughs> Right. Except for that one time when the tea leaves showed him the 1934 liberal victory. That yeah. actually happened. I mean, that's, again, a flip of a coin. I guess. <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, I don't believe in the cult, but I, I do believe that he was into all that shit because he wrote about it. That's amazing. Do you think that we can communicate with the dead? I think that we can communicate with our dogs. <laughs> that's fair. Uh <laughs> So, based on everything I told you today, if you had to give this a spooky rating out of 10, what would you give it? I give it a fun rating. I give it nine tail wigs out of 10 shaving cream ratings. Awesome. As a spook rating, it is super freaking spooky. We had this guy for 22 years. Right. So I, I give that, that the scariest part. Yeah, I give that ten Oedipus complexes out of ten Sir Wilfred Laurier wrappings. 
awesome. Uh, now, I just want to finish before we close off this whoa. podcast. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's more to say? Um, so I remember when I was younger that there was, like, one of those kids' poetry books, which was kind of like, do you remember the Shel Silverstein poetry books? Kind of. So there was one that I remember, and I could remember what the poem was, but I couldn't remember what book it was from, but it was from a poetry book for kids called Alligator Pie by Dennis Lee. Mm-hmm. And there was a poem, like a quick little poem in there about William Lyon Mackenzie King. So I just wanted to like read it to finish off oh, the podcast. Oh shit! This yeah. is a new segment on our show. It's, it's called quick. Kaya's Poetry Corner. Uh, so it goes. Hold on, hold on. Let me do the bumper for it. Boom, 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 boom. It's Kaya's Poetry Corner. William Lyon Mackenzie King. He sat in the middle and played with string. He loved his mother like anything. William Lyon Mackenzie King. And that's all there is to it. So, so listeners, we want to thank you for listening to this episode. I know that we have been kind of mixing things up and doing things differently, but we hope you enjoyed it. And until next week, we hope you keep it spooky. Keep it spooky. Ooh. Ooh. And listen to your dogs. They have a lot of good things to say. Ooh.